Welcome to Excel Radio with Dr. Nick Zarowski, where we talk with world-class entrepreneurs, executives, and health experts who have unlocked the secrets to Excel Health and performance. Hi, and welcome to the show. It's Dr. Nick Zarowski, and I'm here with a special guest today, Doug Larson, and he is the co-owner of Faction Strength and Conditioning in Memphis, Tennessee. He's also the co-host of a number one rated podcast on iTunes, Barbell Shrugged, and that's a fitness podcast. He also is a host of a YouTube exercise technique movement series called Technique Wad. And then, you know, not only is does he have a lot of uh, businesses that is uh, surrounded around the topic of fitness and wellness, but he also, you know, lives this stuff. He has a master's degree from the University of Memphis in science of human movement. And also he's a formal, former college football player, a uh, competitive weightlifter and uh, MMA fighter. So former MMA fighter. So uh, he's got a lot going on. Welcome to the show, Doug. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like this, you know, your introduction here is incredible. So, you know, MMA fighter, weightlifter, uh, you know, you, you're running this top level, uh, you know, fitness uh, podcast and YouTube techniques and all that. You know, tell us your story, you know, where you came from and, you know, basically just tell us your story on this. Man, I, I was actually incredibly fortunate compared to most people with respect to, to athletics and, and fitness and health where, you know, a lot of people come on the show and they're like, I was overweight and, and I just, you know, I, I was going down a bad path and then I, I found a mentor or I found, a, you know, someone to help me out and, and I started training and I lost a bunch of weight and now I'm fit and it's kind of like this like big recovery story and uh, I, don't, I don't really have a story like that. I, I was fortunate pretty much my whole life to, you know, since the time I was like four years old to do gymnastics for, for a number of years and then to, you know, start doing martial arts and do you know, I wrestled and played baseball and I played football all throughout high school and and I had a fitness coach from the time that I was like 14 um, you know basically all the way through college who was who was incredibly good and incredibly passionate and incredibly willing to uh, to coach me not just on on you know weightlifting and and you know how to how to run sprints and how to do agility drills and and how to stretch and how to you know how to cook like you he would take me you know, you know, two hours, like in the weight room, he would help me out, like learn how to lift. And then afterward, he'd be like, you want to go get dinner? And he would like teach me what was like, what was in the foods and like, you know, like what had carbs, what had fats, what had proteins and, you know, what were like the vitamins and minerals in it and, and how to cook the foods and, and why they paired together. And he would, he just taught me like so much more than I would ever expect any coach wow. to ever, ever teach any athlete. He, he really went like way, way, way above and beyond. So, you know, by, by the time I decided that I wanted to do exercise science as a major in college, um, I, I, I more or less walked through that major with, with no, with no issues. Cause I, I, I kind of already learned that stuff from a guy who uh, was, was a true expert in that field already. And it just kind of gave me the paperwork to, to put behind my name. So I, I was, I was really fortunate growing up to have the practical side and then to be encouraged to, to, you know, to go to a university and get the academic side of it uh, as well. And then uh, after college, I went and did a, I actually didn't even say this to you, I, I did a short stint with the Colorado Rockies where I, I was a strength coach for professional baseball there for a while and got the, got the experience of working with pro athletes on, on a day-to-day basis, uh, which really is a lot different than training kind of a, you know, a regular person. You know, like if you're just doing like personal training at a, at a gym or you're just training like high school athletes, training with, with professional athletes is, is a whole different game. 
for a lot of reasons, um, but uh, having that experience made it so much easier to, after I stopped that and started my own gym, um, to be able to to train regular people again because I, I I got the full spectrum and I kind of I kind of realized what what new people need and then after they get to a certain point and they're now advanced I can I can train those advanced people as well that way you know no matter what your training age or experience I I have something for you that can make you better. Wow, yeah, that's incredible. You know, working with people who are much better than you obviously you know really helps you step up your game, right? Because you know, I've I've played hockey my whole life, and I played college hockey, and you know, I, I was fortunate to have a, a a time when I got to go and play with an NHL team, and mm-hmm. it was really interesting because you know, even though you think that you might be pretty good or, or decent, you know, you get on the ice with these guys, and it's like you know they make you look like a joke. So you know mm-hmm. that I can see that you know training with these guys it was probably an incredible experience right uh absolutely if, you, if you've never actually stood with a bat in your hand looking at a pitcher and he throws a ball that's like 103 miles an hour like right past your face like yeah it's not what it looks like on tv at all you, you can hear the ball coming it's like zzz, it kind of like sizzles as, as it as it just slams by you yeah. and if you're not used to that and i played baseball in high school but it's not the same thing you know, i mean like you know in high school they throw 80 in 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 major leagues, they throw a hundred, and it's it's. I mean, really, it's it's scary <laughs> if you're not used to it. Like the, those guys thought I was crazy for doing MMA, but all the MMA fighters think they're crazy for letting someone throw something out and that's a hundred miles an hour. Yeah, uh, I I think I would uh, rather do the have a, something thrown at me a hundred miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, to, to, to your point, playing you, you're talking about playing a, a game with major league hockey players that's that's intimidating because they're better than you but yeah in mma when you when you fight against ufc fighters that's that is that that's that flat out scary the first time you do that because you know if you're not absolutely on your game then you're going to get literally beat the shit out of <laughs> yeah yeah have, so, you, have you have you stepped out with those guys and and fought with mma fighters or oh yeah no i, I did mma for for a long time and we we know many many ufc fighters and bellator fighters and whatnot okay. um uh, but the last time I, I really seriously was competing against a Bellator guy, I actually dislocated my hip and had to take an ambulance to the hospital. Oh, wow. So it's, 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 a, it's a serious thing, but it's a lot of fun, particularly if you're winning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I bet. <laughs> if you're losing, it's not very fun. If you're, if you're losing, it's awful. If, it's, uh, if you're winning, then it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people listening will be like, yeah, I'd rather not, uh, I'd rather not lose or win. I'll just stay away from it. <laughs> right. <laughs> But, uh, you know, and, and that's the whole purpose of, you know, this podcast here is, you know, what we we're just talking about, how you're able to work with professionals or, you know, I was able to skate with professionals. People people are able to, you know, listen to someone like you who is a professional and have you talk about people who are professionals, you know, because you spend a lot of time with top level athletes. So, you know, people are able to listen in and, and see what these people are doing, because when you when you look at someone who's way ab- above your level and, and you, you know, try to mimic and match and mirror them, uh, you know, it, it automatically makes you step up to a to a much higher level. Am I correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we say it all the time. You're the average of the five people you hang out with the most. So, you know, if you're just a regular person, you're trying to get in better shape. The the number one thing you can do to get better is just to to train around or just to hang out with people that are better than you because they will automatically pull you to the next level. Like, you know, if you're listening to this podcast right now and say you just came to work out with me and I wasn't even your coach, we were just working out together. Mm-hmm. Number one, you would automatically get coached by me or anyone else. If they're better than you, they're going to see that you're doing stuff that to them just doesn't make any sense. Like because they can see the inexperience and they can see the fact that you're, you know, relatively new compared to, compared to them and they're going to help you. 
Mm-hmm. So there's that. They're going to automatically coach you. And then, and then number two, you're going to see what someone who's at a higher level um, thinks is hard work compared to what you might think is hard work. And that ne- doesn't necessarily mean effort. They might be, might be doing you know, different exercises than, than you might have chosen to do on that particular day. Or you, know, you might be going for a jog and they might be running sprints, even though it's kind of a similar thing. There are different levels of intensity. So you would automatically kind of just say, well, I see you're doing that and you're really good shape. Maybe I'll try it too. And then you're, just, you're so much more likely to do it because that person is facilitating that process. So if you can get around people that are, that are better than you or you know a friend of yours that you know, they always train and they always work out hard, just say, hey, do you mind if I work out with you? And then just go with them. And that is like the, the easiest way to, to get on the track to be in better shape or to be stronger, or to gain muscle mass or to get leaner or to be a better athlete. Whatever your goal happens to be, if you can find the person that's already there and just follow them, then it'll almost automatically happen. Yeah, no, that's that's great advice because when you said, you know, you know, you might think you're working hard, but then you work out with somebody else and, you know, they're working like incredible so much harder. I mean, that was something that was uh, you know, that I experienced is that, you know, I'd go work out and I thought, okay, you know, once I get this burn going, then, you know, you know, let's 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 stop there or or let's, you know, just um move on to another exercise or something after you start you know getting a little bit of pain and then i worked out with people it's like they don't even start counting until they start feeling incredible amount of pain you know what i mean so it's like it was just a whole different it just brought it to a whole nother level for me it's like whoa you know so uh it's that's definitely without a without a doubt very true yeah and there's certainly the effort component of it where you're working through you know your muscles burning and you're breathing heavy and and, and it's you know quite physically painful and you and you want to stop but you try to commit yourself not to there's that that piece of it that's that's really important and you know no matter what you're doing you should be putting in that that full 100% effort uh, but then there's also the piece of you know the the things that pro athletes often are doing are simply much more effective than the things that the people that are kind of showing up at the gym and they're kind of looking around at all the machines and they're wondering whoa well, I guess I'll do this one today, and then they kind of do one machine, and they move to the next machine, and then they they're kind of just like wandering aimlessly, and they they might be a little sore the next day in a, in a few spots, but but the pro athletes are showing up, and they they have they have a well designed workout program that's gonna that's only picking like the the biggest bang for your buck type exercises, and they're gonna do it as it's written, and then they're gonna go home, and and it's it's this this you know bigger plan that they're following. They're not they're not showing up confused about what to do they, they have it planned out before they get there either by by their personal coach or by their their team's head strength coach or something like that so for a regular person if you don't know what to do then the obvious easy answer is to kind of like i said either follow someone that that's a friend of yours that knows what to do or you know, really if you have any money available at all then you should hire a coach you know whether that's a personal trainer or an actual like you know athletic performance coach or something like that having a coach there to tell you what to do is, is the fastest way to get good. Right. No, I, I certainly agree. And because, you know, first of all, you know, like you said, you have to have a strategic plan because just going to the gym aimless, aimlessly is going to, you know, lead you nowhere. I, I mean, if you've been a member of a gym, just an average gym for, uh, you know, the same one for several years, you've all seen the, the person who's been there for maybe, you know, two plus years and they don't look like they've gained muscle. They don't look like they lost weight. They don't really look like they've changed at all since they've been there. And, you know, it's, it, the problem is, you know, I, I think it's twofold. It's first of all, well, actually, you know, it's actually probably multifactorial where it's like, you know, they're not eating right. They, um, don't have any type of strategy. They're just showing up. And mm-hmm. then, um, 
you know, also, uh, you know, I see a lot of times where people just aren't really working hard, you know, they, they are just walking on a treadmill or, you know, they're not, they're not, in, they're not going in, coming up with a strategy and in, in really putting the effort in while they're there. Right. I mean, if we can talk about nutrition in a second, you, you just mentioned it, and that's a, that's a really key uh, thing to mention. I actually think that's where most people should start even before they consider uh, working out if that's, you know, if they're not doing anything right now and they really want to make a big change. Um, but we'll, we'll stay on the nutrition, or excuse me, we'll, try, we'll stay on the, uh, the fitness and performance piece just for a second. So uh, I mentioned you know, doing something that's effective, right, versus just showing up and, and quote-unquote working hard. Uh, as far as being effective, you look at pro athletes, they, they really, they, they lift weights, they lift free weights, and they run sprints. And that's, that's way, way, way overgeneralized, but, but that's what athletes do. They, they lift weights and they run sprints. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you think about, like, you know, what did all the, when you were college, like, what did all the football players do? Like, they ran weights, or they, they lifted weights, free weights in particular, usually barbells, and they run sprints. Or they ran sprints. So they're trying to get as big and as strong as possible, and that might necessarily, might not necessarily be your particular goal, but still, that's what most athletes do to be the best athletes they can be. They're training for performance, and then they typically um, end up with you know, physique, a good physique as a result of their better performance. So, right. so if you're someone who just wants to get back in shape, then those are kind of the, the two places you could start where you don't need to run full speed sprints from, from day one, but if you can learn how to lift weights, just like the bare bones basics of lifting weights, you know, learn how to do a few exercises with your legs and a few exercises with your upper body, a little bit of core work. You don't have to learn like all the movements, but if you know like a basic, you know, just a basic squat, if you can learn like how to do a basic lunge. You know, if you can learn how to do a push-up and a pull-up, man, if you just stuck with squats, lunges, push-ups, and pull-ups, man, that's, that's really not too bad. Like, you could just do those for probably a couple months, and you would, you would get really, really, you would get in better shape, basically guaranteed. Even the, you know, the highest caliber athletes in the world are still, on some level, doing squats, lunges, push-ups, and pull-ups. You know, they might be, they might be weighting them with more weight than, or loading them with more weight than you would ever possibly do. <laughs> They might be doing it with you know hundreds of pounds more than you could possibly do, but but still, it's it's a basic movement pattern. And if you can if you can squat, lunge, do push-ups and pull-ups, then you're going to be training for the most part, you know, for the most part, all the muscles in your body. Which again is an overgeneralization, but it's kind of true. Yeah, well, I mean, no, I I think that's great. And one of the things I always tell people is, you know, if you're just starting off, don't don't worry about you know trying to get to such a high level where you're going to set yourself up for failure. I mean, start with your body and gravity. I mean, you can do you can do all these things that you just mentioned without any fancy equipment at all. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if you can just start there and you start getting you know getting down the technique or or the proper form so that you don't hurt yourself. I mean, a lot of people want to go grab a big weight because that might be what they did in high school or something like that. But, you know, mm-hmm. get the form down, start just using your body in, in the gravity. I mean, it's free and, uh, and, and, and go ahead and start from there because, you know, I mean, you don't have to have the fancy gym membership and all that. Just, just start somewhere though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I said before, uh, you know, fitness is definitely a, a big component of it, but if you're just trying to, you know, become a healthier person in general and you're, you just don't want to, you know, put on a bunch of body fat as you, as you get older, you know, once you're in your thirties and forties, obviously that gets a whole lot easier to to put on weight, uh, you know, really nutrition is probably the biggest place to start there. And 
you're already eating anyway, and so you don't have to make extra time in your day because you're already eating, you know, probably between you know two and four meals per day for most people. So if you can just change what you eat, then you don't have you don't have the I don't have enough time excuse anymore, which which tends to be what most people come up with when you say, hey, you got to start working out four days a week. They're like, well, I'm busy and I got all this stuff to do. And certainly, if you're a, an entrepreneur or an executive or you know a single parent or you know you got you know, you probably just don't have an extra hour on three or four or five days per week to to go to the gym. You know, then you got to factor in the time that it takes to drive to the gym and the drive back and to take an extra shower if you want to take an extra shower. And it turns out to be sometimes like two and a half hours. That's a lot of time to to dedicate to this new activity. So if you can just start with eating healthier food, then you'll start to make some some dramatic changes. You start to lose body fat. You start to look better. And then if you want to add, you know, two workouts per week and then three workouts three workouts per week, you know, after you kind of establish your, your new routine with eating healthier, then I think that's the easiest place to start. And, um, tactically the easiest place to start, if I again, try to make this as simple as possible with nutrition is just, if you can eat pretty much meat and vegetables, which is in almost every case, whenever you're looking at someone who makes a living trying to have the best physique possible, like you know, bikini models and figure competitors and bodybuilders, like the people that stand on stage and they only get paid if they look good, that's what they eat when they're getting ready to go stand on stage. They eat meat and vegetables and that's it's not 100% of their diet, but it's probably like 80 or 90% of what they eat. So meat, vegetables, if you want to throw a few nuts and seeds in there just to get a little bit of healthy fat, that's a great option. But if you're trying to get leaner, meat and vegetables meat and vegetables, meat and vegetables, it goes a long way to making you leaner without losing very much muscle mass. And if you can keep the muscle mass you already have, then your metabolism will stay high. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. And the other benefit that you have to actually starting with nutrition before you actually hit the gym is that you're going to start preparing your body with health, like, you know, feeding your body healthy food so that, you know, you're not walking in there and getting a bunch of injuries because, you know, you just haven't been giving yourself the proper nutrients that your body needs. You know, you're, you're, if you're going to start lifting weights, your, your joints need to be supported properly. And, and, uh, you know, you, you need to make sure you're getting, uh, vitamins and minerals in order to help you build muscle. And so, you know, if if you have a diet that's just garbage, you know, starting there without a doubt, I agree, it's it's a must. Yeah, certainly, if you have a bunch of deficiencies or you're eating a really high uh, inflammatory diet, then you're gonna have you're gonna have achier joints. Uh, what will really lead to uh, like an acute injury? You're gonna like sprain your ankle because you didn't eat very well. Probably not, but but you probably will have achier joints. You know, if you train and and then the next day you're kind of just like ah, oh, like I just. I just kind of hurt all over, and my my shoulders achy. You know, my knees are achy, and you're kind of just achy all over. You, you could definitely attribute that to to diet in some cases. So, um, and most right. people there that if they're not training at all, they're they're not worried about you know having achy joints because they train too much. It's kind of too far down the road. But um, right. you know, certainly uh, certainly eating better so you can start to lose weight right off the bat, even before you're exercising, mm-hmm. is is a uh, high motivation for a lot of people. 
Right, exactly. Because if you're already losing some weight because you're eating properly before you get in the gym, then once you get in the gym, you're going to start losing weight even faster. And, uh, you know, that's going to be really motivational for you versus if you're not eating well and you just hit the gym and you continue to not eat well, then, you know, there's a good chance that you may not see any results anytime soon. And uh, I think that happens to a lot of people. I think more people than we even realize, you know, they, they hit the gym and they just can't figure out why they're not losing weight or why they're not getting the results that they want and building strength. And, you know, the fact is they never even started with what you said was number one uh, to get started on. That's their nutrition. Yeah, I mean, there, and there's plenty of, of actual, you know, peer-reviewed research to back this up. When people just start exercising and they don't change their diet, they really don't lose that much weight. They might get in better shape and there's health benefits to that, but their body composition doesn't change that much. Uh, in particular, they don't lose that much body fat compared to um, just going on a you know a higher quality nutrition plan alone, or nutrition plus the training, which is obviously the best thing to do. Yeah, definitely. So let me ask you this then. So you, like I said, you spend a lot of time with high level athletes and, and doing interviews with them. You know, what is it? How does how do they go about their day? Because we're we're on the topic of nutrition right now. How do they go about the day with their nutrition? Are they eating several meals? Are they eating? You know, there there's. Uh, there's an idea that you should eat a lot of meals. There's the idea that you should eat, uh, you know, maybe just two massive meals. Like, you know, what are these people doing? Uh, I'd, I'd say the vast majority of people aren't eating two massive meals. Um, on average, I'd say most most professional athletes are probably eating between four and six meals a day. Okay. Uh, it, it depends on what the, the goal of their sport is. You know, some athletes are tr- are absolutely trying to eat as much as humanly possible. And that's 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 something they have to do. If you're a if you're an offensive tackle in the NFL and you're you have to be as big as possible to to be successful, then you know you're going to eat all day long, and it's going to be it's going to be your job. Your job is to eat in a lot of cases, especially in the off season. But if you're an MMA fighter and, and you know you walk around at 205 and you're trying to get to 170, which is not unrealistic or or absurd in any way, then um, you can't you can't just crush food all day long because you have to restrict your calories in some capacity, or, or you're just never going to make weight for your for your next fight. Um, but you know, both those are those are examples of high level athletes. But for for most regular people, um, they probably should be eating you know breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then you know maybe like a a small snack um, at two other times of the day. So I like the breakfast, lunch, dinner model. Most people are familiar with it and very comfortable with it, and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just knowing that it's okay to snack at some other points during the day if you're hungry um, makes it where you don't have to make breakfast, lunch, and dinner really big meals because you know that there's other opportunities to eat. Um, and then as well, as long as you're eating uh, a snack that is that is good for you, most people think of a snack and they think automatically that it's junk food. You know, you're going to eat a bag of chips or something like that. Right. Um, as long as your snack is some somewhat healthy, you know, if it's if it's a handful of of macadamia nuts and you know, and a banana, then, you know, it's, it's nuts and fruit. It's, it's not man-made food. It's, you know, semi-natural food. And so, um, you know, that's a, a higher quality snack, you know, assuming that you're getting, um, you know, protein during your breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's not, that's not too big of a problem. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, ideas out there about that. So it's, it's great to have people, you know, where they can just, you know, have a go-to of, you know, what, if, if they want to start uh, increasing their fitness and, and, uh, you know, increase their muscle strength, you know, there's, this is the way that the, the professionals are doing it, uh, basically. Yeah. I mean, if you look at, if you look at the number of meals and you look at actual studies that look at the number of meals and they make these comparisons, like there've been studies where they, 
they call these isocaloric studies where you're, you're feeding two groups of people the exact same number of calories, but one group is getting two meals per day with, say, 2,000 calories, and one group, the other group rather, is getting uh, six meals per day for a total of 2,000 calories. Mm-hmm. The group that gets six meals per day, they always lose more body fat and, and maintain their muscle mass better than the two meals per day group. So it's not just about the calories you eat. Meal frequency matters as well. And the composition of the food you eat matters as well, too. Whenever they do uh, you know, isocaloric studies where it's 2,000 calories for one group and 2,000 calories for the other group, but one group is eating you know, maybe 20% protein, 60% fat, and 20% carbs, and the other group, the carbs and the fats are switched, where instead of, I don't remember what I said, instead of getting uh, 20% carbs and 60, 60% fats, now they're getting 60% carbs and 20% fats. The group that gets the lower carb diet almost always loses more body fat uh, over the short term and the long term. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's part of the reason that I say meat and vegetables because in that case, your carbs are going to be relatively low. Protein and fat will be a little bit higher. You're more likely to maintain the muscle mass you have and body fat is more than likely going to go down in that case. Yeah, yeah. You got you to gotta eat to lose weight as well, right, is basically what you're saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying that that's the most effective way to lose weight is to, to eat intentionally to lose weight. And that, that doesn't mean restricting your calories. Okay? Like most people think like if I need to lose weight, then I just need to eat less food. That's not necessarily what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I was getting at, yeah. Yeah, you, you don't want to eat. You don't want to just eat less food. What you want to do is you want to try to eat the highest quality food possible, which basically means like processed food is out. Everything that you obviously know is junk food is yeah. is out. You know, like I don't need to tell you that hot pockets are bad for you, or <laughs> or you know, microwavable yeah. dinners are, are not like you know high quality health food. Like everyone exactly. knows that you know, like unprocessed, like wild caught organic meats are. You know, unless you're vegan and you just don't eat meat at all, like most people accept that's probably like semi high quality food. Most people, no matter who you are, you you understand that protein is is good for you and that you need it. If you don't get it, you'll die. It's an essential nutrient. So, uh, having some type of high quality protein, and then like I said, any variety of vegetables is good for you. Nobody debates that either. Like everyone knows that your vegetables, vegetables are good for you. Uh, fruit can be in there as well. You can eat fruit once or twice a day. Uh, rarely is fruit a problem for somebody. Nobody's like, I ate too many apples and I got fat. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's like, <laughs> it's something else that made you fat and you also ate apples and you blame the apples. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Like, the apples didn't make you fat. Um, and then having some type of high quality fat, like like nuts and seeds or avocados or, or something like that is, is good as well. But if you want to just oversimplify, meat and vegetables is the easiest way to, to eat high quality food. You can eat the, as much of it basically as you want to. Um, you know, if you're, if you have a circular plate, like a third of it is meat, two thirds of it is vegetables. If you eat a meal like that, you can eat, you can eat 10 of those a day and more than likely you're not going to get fat. It's certainly possible, but extremely unlikely. Yeah. Well, I you, mean, you, you'd have to force it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's very simple, but profound advice right there. Because if, you know, if, if America as a whole just started doing that, imagine the problems we'd solve, right? <laughs> you know, like just with Absolutely. their health and everything. So, I mean, that's, yeah, it's, it's simple, <laughs> but it's profound. So, you know, the other thing I wanted to ask you too is, we, you know, we talked a lot about the, the meals that they're eating, but when a professional will work out, like, are they working, you know, are they working out in the morning and at night? Are they working out 
twice a day or is there like an optimal time to work out because I you know I've read that there's certain times a day where your your body recovers better than others and you have more energy than others so you know, can you kind of uh, talk about that a little bit you know I, I don't think I've ever actually seen any research that says if you work out in the morning versus the evening then you actually get better results right um there, there's a lot of debate about it because some people just they just seem to be morning people. Who knows why? And some people just seem to be night people. Mm-hmm. Who knows why? Um, I'm I'm definitely not a morning person. Like I I can work out in the morning. It's it's possible, but but I feel like shit and I don't want to do it. And yeah. I, and I I just don't train as hard. Like it's ha- hands down for for decades. That's mm-hmm. just been the way that it's worked. And you know you could probably like you could probably sit me down and like like fucking really fire me up and, and make it happen for one day. But just on the whole, it just doesn't seem to be this automatic thing like working out at, you know, three or four or five in the afternoon when I just, I always feel awake and I, and I always just, I feel good. And there's probably natural hormonal fluctuations that are contributing to that. You know, I don't know, I don't know how my, my testosterone and growth hormone and, and, and whatever else is making me kind of more motivated and feeling good and more awake and clear and, and wanting to move fast and, and pick up heavy weight in the afternoon. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure why it's happening. There's certainly probably a physiological reason that's playing into that. But, but for me, it just tends to be that around 3 or 4 or 5 in the afternoon, I just feel great and I want to train. And so what, what I do is I train when I feel good. And if I feel good, I'll work really, really hard. And because I worked harder, I feel like I'll get a better response and I'll make more you know, further improvements than I would make if I trained in the morning when I didn't feel as good and I didn't quite work as hard because I wasn't quite as motivated. Yeah, I mean, so, I, I have to agree with that uh, when it comes to like, you know, I I'll, a lot of times I'll work out in the morning, but um, when it comes to weightlifting, um, if if I if I want to weightlift and I want to go hard, I cannot do it in the morning. I can't get up at, you know, 6 a.m. or something and make it happen. It's just not for me. I, and I know that there's a lot of people who do, but uh, like you said, for me, it's uh, it's the afternoon sometime where I can go in and just really make it happen. Uh, <laughs> anytime I've ever tried in the morning, it's just like, it's like a joke. I just get so frustrated. It's like, well, I was lifting this and now I'm, you know, because I worked out in the morning, I'm lifting half that, you know, so it just hasn't worked out. Yeah, the best time really is just the the time of the day where you feel most most awake, and you feel the, the you know you you don't feel sleepy. You you feel very recovered. You feel I, I think I, I really think awake is the best the best way for me to describe it. In the mornings, I just I'm, I just feel sleepy, and mm. no matter even if I got ten hours of sleep, I'm just kind of like oh god, <laughs> like yeah, I got yeah. I got plenty of sleep. I'm recovered, but just in the morning, I'm just like. I just want to like do some work on my computer and and maybe I'll go for like a light jog or something and that helps me wake up. But it's not when I'm going to train my hardest. So for you know if you're listening to this, find out the time of day where you feel the best and and maybe that has to do with how much rest you've gotten, how much sleep you've gotten. But it also might have to do with you know uh, you know how much food you've gotten recently. You know I, I think part of the reason in the morning is you know I, I haven't eaten in the last eight hours and and maybe I can eat breakfast, or I can drink a shake, and I can go train, but I think just having a couple of meals in me and then going to train in the afternoon, you know, having that having that fuel and having that nourishment just just makes my body feel better and I will train harder. So uh, that that's what's worked well for me. But you don't have to copy me just because it works well for me. You got to find out what works well for you. I don't give a shit what time of day you train. As long as you train consistently and you, you do it, you know, a couple of days a week and you train really hard while you're there, you're gonna make some progress. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't make it too complicated. Right. Yeah, exactly. You don't need to overcomplicate it. Right. You know, the other thing, too, I want to touch on is that 
I work with, you know, a lot of men and women. And the biggest thing that, um, you know, surprises me all the time is that when I work with women, they think that weightlifting totally isn't for them. You know, my wife, for instance, she will tell you that when she was in the best shape of her life, it was when she was weightlifting consistently. And, uh, you know, I'm a huge uh, fan of, you know, uh, all sorts of workout, but, uh, mm. it's just funny that a lot of women just say, okay, well, I'm going to get in the gym. So they, they want to hit the treadmill, but they totally just to- get disregard using any type of weight. You know, can you talk on that a little bit, why that's important? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times in, in my experience, women might be opposed to lifting weights because they, they associate it with getting bigger and not getting smaller. Right, you think I'm going to lift weights and I'm going to grow my muscles and my muscles are going to get bigger, but I'm not trying to get bigger. I'm trying to lose weight and get smaller. I don't want the scale to say I weigh more tomorrow. I want the scale to say I weigh less tomorrow. And so um, that's I, I wouldn't call I wouldn't call it an irrational fear because that's that's why a lot, a lot of people do choose to lift weights. They want to get bigger, but kind of like I said earlier, um, when you look at people whose their whole job is to look good and be lean, you know to to not have any body fat, not have any belly fat, to have have six pack, and and to look good on stage, and they get paid only if they end up losing body fat and looking good on stage. Those people, like I said before, they eat mean vegetables for the most part, and usually they they lift weights. And the reason they're lifting weights is because as they're dieting down and losing body fat, the weightlifting isn't to grow muscle mass; it's to keep the muscle they already have. Okay, so if you're trying to lose weight. Then what you don't want to do, and this this is kind of a crude way to say this, but you know a lot of people they they lose weight and then they end up being a smaller version of their fat selves. Okay, they don't look better; they're just smaller, looking the same. Right. So most people most people don't want to be smaller and look the same. They want to look better. Mm-hmm. Right. So you don't want to lose a bunch of muscle mass and fat mass at the same time because then you'll just look the same. You'll just be smaller. What you want to do is lift weights. That way, you, the muscles that you already have, you know, they're doing something, they're being stimulated, and because they're getting some type of stress from the weightlifting, your body says, hey, I need these muscles, I need to keep them, and then all the calories you burn, this is not 100% true, but all the calories you burn more or less will go towards the body fat, you'll lose body fat, you'll keep the muscle mass that you already have, and then you'll end up being, uh, you'll end up looking a lot better because you didn't lose a bunch of muscle mass, you just lost the body fat, now you can see everything that's underneath the body fat, which is, you know, your muscle mass basically shapes your body. That's what, you know, when someone looks really good, like if someone has a nice ass, it's because they have big ass muscles and no body fat. And that's what makes that's what makes a firm, nice ass. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is that when you're you're building muscle, I mean, that burns fat, right? So if you Mm -hmm. want to uh, have, you know, tone arms and, you know, tone shoulders and, you know, tone abs and everything else, you got to work on those areas because it's not going to just happen by running on the treadmill for hours and hours and hours, right? Yeah, I mean, that's basically what being tone means. It means that you have some muscle mass and a low enough body fat percentage where you can actually see it. So if you're, if you're a person who's you know, really tiny but you have no muscle mass, then you know, you're what people affectionately call skinny fat, right? Where you're, you're thin but you're not tone at all. You're, you're, you're very thin but you're just kind of soft and you don't look good. You're kind of just flat. You know what I mean? There's, there's, no, there's no shape to it, right? So if you want to have if you want to have like tone, you know, tone abs and and legs and arms, then you need some muscle mass. You don't need enormous muscles, but you want to have some muscle mass and then, you know, a low enough body fat percentage like I said before so you can actually see the muscle mass that you have. So 
So weightlifting is really important because, like I said, it, it helps you keep the muscle mass that you currently have while you're dieting down. Uh, so uh, where, where a lot of people go wrong is that they, they just do cardio and then and they, you know, they, they eat better, they eat fewer calories or they just eat even, they might not even eat better calories, they eat just fewer calories where their, the quality of their diet doesn't go up. So they're almost eating nothing, but because they're eating, you know, like, they might be eating like rice cakes and, and bagels and, you know, like all these like super high carbohydrate foods, mm-hmm. they, they're losing weight, but they're not really losing a lot of body fat. Does that make sense? Because they're, they're yeah. losing body fat and muscle mass together. And then, yeah. like I said, they just don't look any better. And it's right. really frustrating because they can be smaller, but they're never happy with their physique. Right. Even, right. even if they're smaller. Where when they might look a little bit better with clothes on, but when they take their clothes off, they don't look that much better. And they're still embarrassed. You know, if they're like on the dating scene, they still don't think they look that great for, you know, whoever they end up with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and, and the, the whole thing of skinny fat is something that a lot of people just, you know, they can't seem to figure that out because they lost a lot of weight. Like you said, they are um, skinny. They, they, they move the number on the scale. But yet, if they were to look at themselves, they still have a lot of fat in different areas uh, accumulated on the body. So, um, yeah. you know, that's that's where your weightlifting comes in, your nutrition comes in. That's where that's where it's like you've gotten to one level. Now you got to take it to the next level if you want to get rid of that skinny fat look, right? Right. And, and kind of like you said before, your your muscle mass is the most metabolic part of your whole body. So if you lose muscle mass, then your metabolism goes down, right? Which means you can't right. eat as much food. You know, the more muscle mass you have, the more food you can eat. So if you diet down and you're not lifting weights, which means you lose muscle mass as you diet down, then now you've, you've dieted down, but say you were eating 2,000 calories per day and then you lost a, you know, a couple pounds of muscle mass and now to, to not gain weight, uh, you might only be able to eat 1,900 calories per day. And then if you, if you, die down a little more, you lose some more muscle mass. Now to not gain weight, you can only eat 17 calories per day. 1700, excuse me, 1700 calories per day. Mm -hmm. So the more muscle mass you lose, the fewer calories you can eat to not gain any weight. And that's how, that's how yo-yo dieting happens because people, they lose a bunch of weight, but their metabolism goes to shit. And then they go back to eating what they think is kind of quote unquote normal. And then they gain all this weight back. But when they gain the weight back, they don't gain back the muscle mass that they already lost. They gain back pretty much only fat. Mm -hmm. Then they die down again, they lose a bunch of fat and a bunch of muscle again, and then when they gain the weight back, they only gain the fat back, yeah. and their metabolism gets worse and worse and worse every time. Mm-hmm. And so it's a hard cycle to, to pull yourself out of, but if you lift the weights from the beginning where you weren't losing the muscle mass, then it would be much easier not to fall into that trap. Yeah, it's definitely a vicious cycle, right? It, it, is, it is a nasty cycle, and, and, and really frustrating, and, and, and yeah. complete, completely demotivating. Right. Oh, absolutely. And it, you know, it really just tears down the body after a long period of time. If you've been doing this your whole life, eventually you end up with no muscle mass and just continuous amounts of fat gain, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so again, like we're, uh, we're telling what not to do, but just to remind you what an easy, just to get started strategy to do is, you know, eat mostly meat and vegetables and then, you know, strength train, Doing something for your legs, something where you're pressing something away from you, and something where you're pulling something towards you. A push-up, you're pressing the, the floor away from you. A pull-up, you're pulling the bar down towards you. Right. So something with your legs, something where you press something away from you, and something where you pull something toward you. 
And then if you're if you're doing a press, a pull, and something with your legs, then you know you're you're, you're in a way hitting the vast majority of the muscles in your body, um, at least at least uh, in some capacity. You're not going to get you know sore abs from doing those movements more than likely, but your abs are doing some work in some capacity. Right. Um, cer- certainly, you'll you'll evolve past that and do a more comprehensive workout plan. But that's like an easy three things to do that'll hit a pretty large percentage of your of your muscle mass. Gotcha. Now, if you were, you know, we talked a lot about, about a lot of great things, you know, some nutrition tips, uh, some basic nutrition tips, basic gym tips. Now, what if you're, you know, already hitting the gym and you're, you're, you know, pretty fit in your mind? What are some ways that you can just take your, your fitness to the next level? Um, you could go a lot of directions with that. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, 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 that turns into kind of a goal specific question. Um, if you're trying to get stronger, then you probably want to actually find some type of a, a strength-specific program. You know, the, like Jim Wendler has a program called 531, which you can go Google. That's kind of a, a very bare-bones, basic, um, but very effective training program that, um, that a lot of people have used over the years to get, to get very, very strong. Um, if you're you know, wanting to run a marathon, you probably should find some type of a running program. If you're trying to you know, just look better, then, then you could go find some type of physique or bodybuilding program, even if you don't want to be on, on stage and just do bodybuilding. Uh, if you want to do, uh, like we're, we're heavily in, in, the, in the CrossFit world and, and do a lot of gymnastics and weightlifting and, and train with a lot of people that, that compete in the sport of CrossFit. If you want to do CrossFit, um, you know, there's a million CrossFit gyms in the world right now. There's, there's a dozen pretty much in every big city in America now. You could go to a CrossFit gym and, and they would they would write all the workouts for you and you would, you know, if you went to a CrossFit gym, you would automatically train really hard because that's just the standard. You go there and that everyone trains hard. Um, and, you know, you would want to find, you know, hopefully the best CrossFit gym in, in that city that has the best coaching and, and whatnot. That way you can do it, uh, you know, you can do it as safely as possible because there's a lot, of, a lot of fluctuation in the quality of, of CrossFit gyms. But if you find a really good one, then they're really, really good. So uh, you could easily go to a CrossFit gym and then, I mean, you wouldn't have to do anything if you went to a CrossFit gym. They would take care of everything for you, which is which is fantastic for the, especially for the price, because it's, you know, it's like a tenth the price of getting personal training. Yeah, yeah, and CrossFit's great too for a whole other reason. That's just that because it's functional movements. Am I correct? Yeah, it is, and that, that basically means it's it's you moving yourself, like gymnastics, or you moving some type of an object, like kettlebells or barbells. You're not just sitting on a machine where you put your seatbelt on and you, and you do your curls <laughs> on a machine, uh, which, yeah. which 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 is. It's not 100% ridiculous. There's some value to that depending on what you're trying to do. But, mm-hmm. but by and large, the vast majority yeah. of people don't need to do something ridiculous yeah. like that. Yeah. I, so, I, the mass, vast majority of people, they need to be doing things that they're going to like uh, come across in, in real life, right? I mean, you're going to be outside working or whatever. And if you're just in the gym and you're only doing one movement all the time, uh, you know, you're probably going to end up getting hurt, you know, in the real world, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the, CrossFit, the CrossFit community, they... They definitely train really hard, and they definitely do a lot of things that most people would, would look at on YouTube and say, "Whoa, that, that that looks like really really advanced." I don't know if I could ever do that. Uh, and that's in a lot of ways the part of the appeal for a lot of people is that it looks really cool, which it is. Um, but if you're just starting out, you you know you won't be doing those crazy things you see the professional CrossFitters doing on YouTube. You're gonna you're gonna go through a progression. And they're gonna give you something that's hard for you, but not too hard which is exactly where you want to be. You want something that's difficult because it's going to make you better, but not so difficult that it's frustrating and, and demotivating. They'll, they'll give you, if you can't do a pull-up, for example, they're not going to say, you know, hang on the bar and try and do a bodyweight pull-up. 
that might be totally unrealistic for you. Say you're, if you're a 300 pound person, you're not doing pull-ups, right? And they'll, they'll give you another option where you can work the same muscle groups, but in a, in a much safer and easier to do environment where, you know, you're lifting a percentage of your weight instead of your whole body weight or something like that. So they'll, they'll, they call that scaling and they'll scale the movements for you. Yeah. And that's where you get the benefit of working with somebody one-on-one so that they can help you out with that. Because, um, if you're just going to the gym and you see other people doing pull-ups and you jump up on the bar once and you try to do it and you can't, and then you quit from then on, um, you know, that's, that's, uh, that happened because you had unrealistic expectations, you know, you got to start somewhere and that's where this personal trainer or, you know, being at a CrossFit gym or, you know, where they're going to work with you and scale it, as you said, is going to be a massive benefit to you. Yeah, so it's it's not it's not a personal coach. Uh, it's kind of a, a group coach, but they're going to give you some personal attention. Right. And the benefit is that you don't have to pay for their one-on-one time. You know, mm-hmm. personal training is a hundred dollars an hour, but yeah, yeah that's more one-on-one, right? The yeah, like one-on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, one-on-one personal training is a hundred bucks an hour, or, or however it happens, how much it happens to be in, in your city, whatever the standard is. But it's expensive, mm-hmm. and you go to CrossFit gym for one hundred fifty bucks a month. And, and get really good training and get one-on-one attention every day. And you can ask them nutrition questions. You can ask them flexibility questions. If you got a, you got a hurt shoulder and you, you want to work out, but you don't want to make your shoulder any, any more achy or hurt than it is, they can give you stuff that will still make you better without hurting your shoulder anymore. And they can give you rehabilitation exercises for your shoulder so your shoulder can hopefully get better soon. And, you know, they're there to help you. And it's really not very expensive, you know, especially again, if you're, you know, if you're listening to this and you're, you know, a successful business person, executive or entrepreneur or something like that, 150 bucks a month is, it's, it's so crazy worth it. It's not even funny. Yeah. And then you're also working out with a group of people. So you're going to have people that are motivating you. People are giving you all these tips and, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a huge benefit to that as well. Yeah. The communities are, are very strong and that's, that's really one of the big reasons that CrossFit has, has absolutely blown up in the last, you know, four or five years that there, there's a CrossFit community. It's a community of people that are there that, Every day you go in there, it's usually not a big gym. There's not 15,000 people at the gym. There's usually like 150 or 200 people at the gym, and you get to know who those people are. They turn into your friends. You, mm-hmm. you, know, you show up, and you're like, hey, Bill and Sally and Jesse and, and whoever. Like You know the people that are in your class, and it turns into a social thing. And because it's fun, you'll keep going back and doing it again. That's why a lot of people don't lift weights or you know, go to the gym by themselves because they just don't think it's fun. It's not their thing. Yeah. And because it's not fun, they, they kind of just, you know, just stop doing it. Yeah, so definitely learn to enjoy it. So I have one more question for you, and that is, you know, I know that you travel a lot, um, and a lot of the people I work with spend an immense amount of time on the road and traveling. Mm-hmm. What is uh, some tips that you can just suggest to people to maintain their fitness while on the road, but also maintain their nutrition? Because when people are at their home, you know, they, they have their their uh, rituals or their, their standard practices that they follow every day, so it's really easy for them. But next thing you know, when they go on a trip, everything goes to hell, and, uh, you know, they fall out of their fitness routine and fall out of their nutrition routine. What are some tips that you have for that in order to, you know, stay on the straight and narrow? Sure. Uh, and we, we travel quite a bit. You know, we, you know, typically we fly about twice a week. So we, we travel a lot. Um, I'll start with fitness and I'll, I'll touch on nutrition in a second. So what we've done in the past, uh, number one is before I go on a trip, I try to make sure that I work out really hard the day before. That way my travel day is my recovery day. So if, if I'm flying all day long, then I don't have to worry about working out on that particular day. Hopefully that day, if I've, if I've done something really hard the day before, then that day is the day that I kind of want to take it easy and, I, and I'm kind of sore and I just want to be able to chill and let my muscles relax and recover. Uh, so 
So you can make your travel day an active rest day, or maybe not active, but an on-purpose rest day, I'll say. Um, and then usually what we do is uh, right when we land, we often don't go to our hotel first. We usually go to the gym first. Like we go from the, from the airport. Usually we have a rental car. We just leave our luggage in the rental car, and then we go to the gym, and then we'll do either a... If, we, if you didn't destroy yourself and you want to do a heavy training session, then you can have a hard training session. And if you did you know, work out really hard the day before, like I just suggested, and you want to do a lighter training session, then usually we try to do a light training session right then. And the, the benefit isn't necessarily that we worked out that day. The benefit is that we know where the gym is. We've been there before. And if you've already walked in there and made yourself familiar with the setting, you're much more likely to go there again. Okay. Like the days that we, we don't find a gym right away, the next day we're like, you know, we're kind of like, ah, oh, we're busy. We need to go. To the, we'll go to the gym later today. But and then you can tell because people don't know where to go, and there's like that little bit of confusion about what gym we're we gonna go to and what time we're we gonna go. And ah, well, yeah, well, we'll go tomorrow. And then like it's easy to put off if there's any any like very small, you know, barrier to making it happen. It um, and simply not knowing where it is and not having you know, met the person that runs the gym and, and not knowing that you're welcome there in some cases because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, usually we go to a CrossFit gym um, and sometimes CrossFit gyms don't want people to to do a drop-in where you just come in and work out. Um, so sometimes if you don't know if you're even allowed there, you'll be like, ah, and there's that little bit of resistance where you can be like, well, I don't really have enough time to train. I'll just, I'll just I need to work on this thing anyway. Right. And then you can, you can convince yourself and rationalize why it's, well, I didn't need to work out today anyway mm-hmm. <laughs> and why you should do something else. So, mm-hmm. um, Finding finding the gym right off the bat, or even before you get to town, calling them up and saying, "Hey, um, you know, I'm going to be traveling. You know, is, is it cool? Do you guys accept drop-ins? Uh, you know, what are your hours like? Just getting the information up front and, and knowing where the gym is and being prepared and and uh, you know putting it on the schedule goes a long way towards actually making it happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, so find the gym immediately, and then uh, what are your tips on uh, nutrition then, as far as keeping on your diet while you're traveling? Uh, here, I'll, actually, before we touch on nutrition, I'll, I'll say one more quick thing about, okay. about working out. So, um, in a lot of cases, you know, legitimately, you might not, not have time to go to the gym while you're on the road. You know, a lot of, a lot of salespeople or, or uh, really just anyone might be on the road and they have, they have meetings from like the, the second they get up until the whole rest of the day and there's no time to go to the gym. Um, so, what we try to do in addition to that is uh, we try to train right when we get up. So again, I'm, I'm not a morning person, but if I have to train in the morning, you know, a light training session is way better than nothing at all. And what we try to do is um, either just wake up and just, just you know, walk right outside the hotel, jog 10 minutes away from the hotel and jog 10 minutes back to the hotel and then go upstairs and shower. There's no, there's no warm up. There's almost no stretching. It's just, you know, jog 10 minutes one direction, jog back, done. Okay. So... You don't have to. You don't have to know where you're going. Just pick a direction and just jog, and then yeah. just turn around and go home. Yeah, it'll right? make it complicated once again, right? Right. And so, you, you, usually, what I do in that case is I'll I'll jog one direction, and then I'll turn around and jog back as fast as I can. So it's like a light jog away, and then I run back as quickly as possible, like okay. for time, right? Okay. Um, I'll either do that, or or on occasion, I'll just I'll just do something in my hotel room. And I'll just say, like, I'm going to work out for 20 minutes. And then I'll just, like, I'll set a timer for 20 minutes. And after 20 minutes, like, the workout is over. And I'll just do, like, I'll do, like, one push-up and then one squat and then one sit-up and then one lunge. And then two and two and two and two and three and three and three and three. Okay. And I'll just, I'll just, like, pyramid up. Okay. And then that that way, like, 
I don't have to warm up. You know, I can just do like one kind of slow, easy push up just yeah. to kind of like, you know, like get my joints warmed up and it's light, you know, and I might do it where like I'm doing the push up against the bed where I'm not even doing it on the ground to make it easier because my, my upper body's elevated and it's easier and then move my way towards the ground. But the whole point is, is that you're on a 20 minute clock. It only takes you 20 minutes. There's no travel. You can wake up, do it, get right in the shower, go eat breakfast, go to your conference, go to your event, go to whatever you're at, right? Right. And right. You, you, I've never found a time where I couldn't squeeze in something like that because it really is just 20 minutes. There's no, there's no prep. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you don't have to get dressed. You can just, you can just be like in, in your boxers and just, like, and just train and get in the shower. Yeah, I feel yeah. like that when it comes to this, you know, it's never really that, you know, there's a, a, a reason, you know, you're so busy while you're traveling that you can't do it. It's typically just, you know, the mindset of like, you know, putting it off or, or, you know, like, you know, get up in the morning, oh, I'll do it tonight. Next thing you know, oh, you know, someone says, let's go out to dinner or, you know, something comes up. So when you have that time available, you should act on it then, right? Yeah, when you're on the road, the morning's really where it's at. It won't be your best training session of your whole life, but but yeah, if you try to do it after the conference, yeah, people want to go to dinner and you want to network and and I mean you don't want to work out. You want to go like go to dinner and have some drinks and have some fun and, and meet yeah. some people. So uh, the morning really is just it just works out so much better when I'm on the road. Okay, yeah, no, I agree with that for sure. And then um, uh, nutrition, then uh, nutrition. Um, a few things. So while you're traveling, like while you're, you know, on the road or like actually on the road, you're in, you're in a car or you're, you're on a plane or what have you. I think, um, there's usually not a lot of great options as far as, um, you know, restaurants in, in the airport or meals on the plane, especially when you're on the plane. Um, so having some snacks with you is, is really key. I pretty much, anytime I travel, I usually have you know, like some emergency food, I'll call it. Like I'll have like a bag of beef jerky and a you know a bag of almonds, and and I'll take a, an apple with me or something. Something you can just grab and eat. There's no prep that goes into it. You don't need to like make a sandwich, but you know I like to have things that I can just quite literally snack on. I can just reach in the bag and grab it. And mm-hmm. beef jerky, nuts, and fruit are probably like the easiest categories to to pull from when you're. You're on the road, and you know you won't. Even, you might not even have time to get a meal, but you still want to eat something that's relatively good for you. And then having beef jerky, nuts, and fruit, you kind of have that, you know, protein, fat, and carbohydrates because beef jerky is meat that's protein. Nuts are are more or less fat, and then the fruit is more or less carbohydrates. Yeah, so you kind of have a, a nice spread. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point because. You know, if you don't have those things with you, eventually there's going to be a time when you're hungry while you're on the road. And, you know, mm-hmm. if if you just, you know, um, don't have anything with you, you're going to end up grabbing something you ultimately don't want to be eating if you're trying to watch your diet and stay fit. Yeah, you're going to give in at some point. Like you, there might be times where you can say, no, that one time I said I wasn't going to eat anything while, and I didn't remember that. Like yeah, yeah. you might be able to like point out that time. But by and large, if you looked at like the last like 300 times you did it, um, probably a good chunk of that time you ended up eating something that you knew was bad for you, but you were really hungry and you made, you made an exception, but it wasn't actually an exception because you do it all the time. Right, exactly. So don't set yourself up for failure is really what it comes down to. That's right. Yeah. So, well, um, this is all great information. Is there any other, you know, things uh, that you'd like to share with people that maybe we haven't covered that is going to be really beneficial to them that, uh, you know, I might not have even asked? Uh, yeah, I can, we can give you some resources. Uh, you know, we, yeah, that's a good idea. We, 
uh, we have we have so much free content online. It, it it's silly. We have thousands of YouTube videos. Uh, you know, if you're just starting out and you don't know how to lift weights at all, and you that's something you want to learn about. Uh, at the very beginning, you mentioned that I have a, a technique wad. Um, just technique W O D technique wad. Uh, it's a YouTube series where I just teach you how to lift weights, and I I teach you how to have good technique and do things correctly. I, I teach you how to. Uh, if something is too hard, how to make it easier. If something's too easy, how to make it harder. Um, that way, you can know exactly how to, to, you know, do movements correctly. Where you're going to get a good fitness benefit. You're going to get stronger. You're going to maintain your muscle mass uh, or grow muscle mass, depending on what your goals are. Uh, and you're not going to get injured. You're not going to hurt your joints. And it's going to be safe and effective at the same time. And, and again, that's just on YouTube, and, it, and it's uh, you know totally 100% free. That's an incredible resource, too. By the way. Yeah, I mean, originally I, I, I found myself teaching the same thing over and over and over and over again to our athletes at, at our gym. And so I ended up saying, like, I'm just going to make videos of all this stuff and put it online. That way, if an athlete asks me about it, I can show them how to do it in person. Then I can say, by the way, I'm going to send you a video that re-explains all this stuff so you can watch it over and over again. But that way you can really kind of get it ingrained in your, in your head about how to do it correctly. And then... Uh, eventually it turned into kind of a bigger thing where we we started throwing some production value behind it and it wasn't just me on my phone anymore we like yeah. we you know now we have videographer and we and we're mic'd up so you can hear the audio very clearly and uh, uh and a lot of times we, we clip in bloopers and things like that too so it's so it's it's fun as well yeah no absolutely uh anything else uh we also if you go to barbellshrugged.com uh barbell shrugged is the name of our podcast uh which is again way 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 more than a, than a podcast uh, it's 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 video, so it's on YouTube, but it's, uh, you know, it's us interviewing, you know, CrossFit Games athletes and strength coaches and nutrition professionals, and we, we do it all in person, and we travel around the world. We, you know, we went to Sweden to interview some people just recently, and, and so it's like half live interview, and then half of it's like documentary-style footage and whatnot, so it's more than just a podcast. It's, it's more of a show. Uh, that's on there, and that's totally free. And then uh, we also have articles um, on barbellshrug.com. There's something on there every single day. You know, there's there's recipes. Oftentimes, uh, there's you know there's uh, you know tips on nutrition. There's tips on flexibility. There's you know anything to do with fitness that you would encounter in some type of a performance environment, like a professional athlete would be in, or a CrossFit gym uh, would offer you. We we cover it on that site, and and the vast 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 majority of it is 100 percent free. Yeah, that, I mean, I've always enjoyed listening to the uh, interviews that I've listened to of yours. They're uh, they're always incredible, and in you know, I've asked a lot of questions about you know how can we, how can you match and mirror these top level athletes, and how can you do this? Well, I mean, if you if 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 that's what you're into, and you're really trying to do that, then uh, this is definitely these are all definitely great resources. And if you're just starting off, even the technique wad is incredible because part of lifting weights, you know, you want to make sure that you have the proper form uh, so you don't hurt your joints and hurt your knees and things like that so um all incredible resources and uh thank you very much for those yep absolutely all right doug well it's been a pleasure having you on and um i think that uh i know even i've gotten a lot of value out of this i'm sure everyone's going to get tons of value out of this and and learning how to uh start eating healthy and get themselves into the gym and, and start somewhere so um very much appreciate your time yep you bet anytime nick thanks for having me on all right yeah you bet have a good one see you if you want more information to multiply your health and simplify your lifestyle, visit our website at excelpodcast.com. Until next time, have an outstanding day.